So how many people do you think are not right-handed in the world? 42. Not a club in a way that it's, you know, whatever, but there's people who are choosing to do that and I'm a part of this group now. You know, that that makes me happy. I know other people who have that and I have now that in relation to them. That made me happy. You're like and a Jeep owner now. Give you a five-second countdown? That's crazy. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here, Salt of the Streets pre-show. Um, this is fantastic. This is episode 60. Thank you again for joining us. We are happy to have everybody here. Uh, my name is Donovan. I'm Colin. And uh, this is it. Again, thank you for joining us. Um, it's three. Yeah, you are watching us here on our Facebook Live at Facebook at Salt of the Streets. You can watch all these videos later on our YouTube at Salt of the Streets. We have our own personal social medias that you can see behind us, but they are also I am Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And he's at Big Bird Afi on both of those things. You can find all of this information on our website at saltofthestreets.com. I want to thank Everyone who has been listening this week, because this has been an enormous Huge. fucking week for Salt of the Streets. Huge an enormous week. week for Salt of the Streets. We found a new platform for our podcast, and it has taken the fuck off. So I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the pre-shows, to the regular episodes. It's been fucking fantastic. So keep sharing it. Keep, you know, if, if you're just listening on on PodCoin or on Apple Podcasts or whatever, go on to our Facebook like it, share it, show other people because you obviously enjoy it. You like it. So show other people so they can enjoy it. Tell them about fucking podcoin so that they can learn about earning free shit. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> podcoin's podcoin's fantastic. So so do that. That's not even a plug. That's just I love this. It's done amazing things for our podcast already. It's it's gonna help us flourish. This is amazing. I'm so jazzed. Sixty weeks in and I'm like, this this is this like is we it. got we got this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for over a year, but this is finally we're out here. Like this Dude. we're starting to do something. So we're really happy. And Today, yes, go ahead. I would say definitely not to throw shade at anybody other anybody no. out there trying to start a podcast and no. stuff, but after listening to some of the new ones on PodCoin and these people coming online, yeah. starting podcasts for the first time, you're going, hey, man, you know, in a lot of aspects, we're, we're bringing you a, a semi-quality product here. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people who listen to our podcast and like, these guys are fucking idiots and it sounds like shit. Um, but Colin does a fantastic job. Compared to, I listened to an inordinate amount of podcasts. I found out by watching all of my listening on PodCoin that I listened to a stupid amount of podcasts. <laughs> so our, our audio quality is not the best that I have heard because we don't record in a studio, but yeah. it's, it's pretty fucking good. It's better um, than the Skype podcast. Uh, yes. And, Man, those are hard to get through sometimes. And after a year of doing this, I feel like we have gotten much better about the structure of our show, about the way that we've done it. It's We got things going here. I feel pretty <laughs> confident about that. So Dude, I went back. I think I, we might have talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I went back recently once we got our shit on Spotify. Yes. And I went back and listened to the first five minutes of episode number one. <sighs> Was it bad? Oh, it's bad. Oh. There's zero structure there's no, there's no opening there's no nothing anymore it's just like all right here we are yep uh i'm over here <laughs> we're, that was back when we were sharing the one mic and it yes. was just oh fuck oh, i forgot about that oh, oh man maybe i should do that i got about five minutes in i was like yeah i don't i, I don't ever 
ever need to hear this ever again. I saw one dude who went back and listened to like the first four or five episodes. And I was like, I don't know how you did it because, um, because I have not listened to them. I know that they <laughs> right. weren't good. So that's, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you were doing it. Um, but anyway, before we continue, I need you to tell us what you had to eat. Um, today before the show. You know, up until about five minutes before you walked into the studio today, I had my other sandwich here, but I made two breakfast sandwiches with, I don't know, turkey or chicken, whatever lunch it meat is. type thing on there. Yeah. And then uh, a couple eggs, some, some cheese, some of that delicious Dave's killer bread. There you go. But I made two of them because I had like huge aspirations and I got done with the first one. I said, there's no way. A1 and that one. was it. Yeah. Word. Well, that makes sense. That, that's, that seems uh, that seems legitimate. Um, so <sighs> let me let me put this to you, please. Um, also, I know that we've been doing this for a year, but I'm just now realizing like I should have a way that I transition in the pre-show. You know, like I should have a thing that I say, "Con Coward is." Let me let me shift gears to this, right? Like that's what he says every time when he's gonna sh- when he's gonna go to something else. At least in the beginning of the show. So I'm like, I need to establish that. So I want to just ask everyone to bear with me for the next few weeks while I use some really awkward phrases trying to figure out what feels the best for me. Um, hey man, as long as you don't open up to. You ever watch Archer? Yes. So you know how I just restarted watching Archer because I'm like two seasons behind and they got the new one coming out soon. Yeah. Well, there was this thing on that show called phrasing for yes. a long time. And yes. so I'm in the earlier seasons, and so phrasing is heavily a thing. And so if you <laughs> walk into phrasing at any point during this podcast, I'm going to try to be all over it. <laughs> so I was listening to Dax Shepard's podcast earlier this week. And I want to halfway – I know I've talked about this before, so I want to halfway recant the shit that I talked the last time I talked about it. Because I listened to one episode that had Pete Wentz on it from Fall Out Boy, mm-hmm. um, which I've been listening – that's that's another thing. So um, – Trying to remember the name. It's Armchair something, Armchair right? Expert. Armchair right? Expert. There and so I was listening to it, and it was just – it was essentially him and Pete Wentz talking about, like, how hard it was to be famous. And I was like – Fuck you guys. Like, I don't care about how difficult it is that, you know, no one cares about like what you have to say. They just want to take pictures with you. Fuck, like, fuck you. Right. So I've listened to a bunch of other ones and it's still sometimes is like that, but there's a lot more quality to it now that it's going on. So mm-hmm. Will Ferrell was on there the other day oh. and I guess he's like obsessed with, I don't know, has like a weird thing about Sweden. And <laughs> so <laughs> I, of course he does. Um, Why not? So his kids have fucking crazy names one of them is named magnus another one is named matthias ven and then the other one is axel skoogland and he said he said said skoogland like a small wood like Like a a like a small forest yeah Yeah. skoogland yep exactly axel skoogland i have a swedish friend named axel by the way He's a very cool dude. I hung out with him when I was in Europe after high school. And I always thought that that was a weird name, but that's like pretty common in Europe. Like yeah. it's not that weird, but here, here I think that it's that it's weird. Right? There's a podcast out there called the the Axe Files or the Axel Files, and I think it's David Axelrod. Yeah, Axelrod. Yeah. Oh, yes. Axelrod. Yes, not quite as awesome as first name, but no, no. Um, so I heard something else this week. I was listening to. Something one of one of these crazy murder podcasts that I listen to. One of the right? fifty thousand um, podcasts you listen to a day. Yes. So, how many people do you think are not right-handed in the world? Forty-two. No percentage wise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably 
that are not left-handed, not right-handed, not right-handed. So, so that means either or left ambidextrous. Or, yes, Oof. yeah, maybe ten percent. So, right, so it's eight to ten percent, right? Okay, and so damn, that was pretty good. So in pedophiles, right, non-right-handedness. Guess how much it is. 75%. Like 30%. Motherfuckers. But is is that not super weird that there's like such a... <laughs> isn't that weird? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And it's <laughs> not... Say, there's a reason the Catholic Church thinks that left-handed people and, are satanic. <laughs> and it's not Bad. just that. It's not just that. They, <laughs> But that's like one thing that they found out when they started doing research like on pedophilia, when they realized that it was an actual thing, you know, and not just yeah, like right? a a weird like phenomenon you know so that it's actually like a thing that that's in people who have whatever some type of i don't want to say brain damage because that's not necessarily the case but something that's wired and i don't know what the correct term you know but something that's wired incorrectly being not right-handed becomes way more dominant because it has to do with the side of your brain that operates more heavily in your body I thought that was so interesting. No, 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 I thought that was so fucking totally weird. Good. Right? I just, I was kind of purposefully thinking through a joke that I definitely should not have said. And definitely I'm really don't glad do I did it. not. I'm glad you did it. So, but isn't that wild? I thought that, that is was crazy. Really it's like, does that mean that being right-handed is quote-unquote normal? It's like default it's out of the factory. It's certainly more more normal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ, 90 to 92% of people are right here. Oh, yeah, don't so, forget that thing hits like a beast. That's nice. I know I forgot. <laughs> that's really nice. So, my question to you is, yes. is Ben Shapiro left-handed? I do not know. I would I've like only to watched know. his show one time. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not very interesting to watch. It's really close to his face. And, and I he's a, staring. I really he doesn't hard hardly that. stare at the, the camera. He looks at his yes. computer most of the time, which I know that's probably, I probably do the same exact I thing. I do it a lot, too. I realized when I watched our show this yeah. week that I, know I, I like, should look really at the camera bad at that. more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder if that's like, if there's other causalities or correlations, correlations you can make between like groups of, say, genius level IQ people and being left-handed or if it's yeah. just something about being left-handed means you're not part of like the status quo. Yeah. And I'm not sure this was, I believe I was listening to sword and scale. So mm. that is, that's just a, a true crime podcast. So yeah, that's what they focused one. on is more of like, you know, psych, the psychological yeah. aspect of it, not like the intellectual aspect of it. Um, so they didn't talk about that. Caroline asked about being ambidextrous. So this is non-right-handedness. So that includes being left-handed or ambidextrous. That's what that's what that is for. Um, Dude, I'm like really into this for some reason now. I'm going to go down a dark, isn't deep that rabbit hole and find super out. Super interesting, yeah. right? So because I, I, I'm strongly right-handed. So <laughs> if being a genius is totally out of the cards for me, I just need to find that out now so I could just quit dreaming, you know? Well, let me know what you find out because I'm interested to hear. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't look because I'm not going to get answers I feel like I want. <laughs> so <laughs> so something else happened to me this week that I want to ask you about, right? So Please. I received – I've been talking about for several weeks. I received my concealed – Pistol license in the mail this week, right? So that's something I've been talking about on the show for the past couple weeks that I've been doing that, that I started the process. First of all, I want to tell you it's not as easy to go and buy a gun as people fucking say it is because it took me almost a goddamn month, you know, and I know I got my CPL and shit, but even if you don't, if you don't go in with your concealed pistol license, then they have to fax in a background check and it can take up to 30 days anyway. So you, you absolutely cannot walk in 
day of without a, some type of background check already having been done. Because even though I had just received my concealed pistol license that day in the mail, they still did a background check. They but they looked it up online and then got it back in like two minutes, right? Because that like doubles. Because you have to get a background check and stuff to get your concealed carry. Correct? Yes, yes. To get my concealed carry, I went and I filled out all this whole form about I where I lived. I had to put on like the tattoos and shit that I have, any scars that I have that are notable, like anything like that. I had to put down on this form so that yeah. if something is to happen. They know what they're looking for. Um, is it a big stack? Like, is it? A no, massive? it was just it was just one form, but okay. it, it's a it's a police form, so there's a lot of boxes in it, you know. So we I filled out, and the whole thing is just about you. It's mm-hmm. just like your address, and then your whole physical appearance and everything. Um, and then they take them to the back, and they fingerprint you, and they do all that shit. And so what you're waiting for in that time is the background check through everything. They have to do, excuse me, a mental health check. They have to make sure you know that you've never been. Locked up that you've, ne- you know, anything like that. So mm-hmm. they check for all that. And then, like I said, even though we got it in the mail that day, we went in to pick up the pistols and they still did another background check. We filled out a whole nother form. They took down the serial number, the caliber of the gun, everything, right? All this information. So I did think that it was interesting um, that they're maybe not interesting, but no, that's probably the right word, right? That they're isn't already some type of class that you have to take to get the concealed pistol license. That I thought was interesting because even though I have some exposure to guns and not my whole life, not a huge amount, you know, and I still was able to go and get one and then buy a pistol and go home with it, you know? So I have enough knowledge that I feel comfortable, you know what I'm saying, with that, that I'm not uncomfortable with it. But it does seem interesting that somebody who's never held a gun before, who's never fired a gun before, can as of right now until next month, you know, yeah. go and get a concealed pistol license, wait three weeks, go and get a pistol, buy ammo and have it at their house and just, and then go to the range, go to wherever, you know, they may or may not be safe that you would hope that they will be, but that's not necessarily the case, right? Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. So I don't necessarily disagree with as of next month, there having to be some form of class you take that's just a basic firearm safety course that you take before you get your concealed pistol license, then you go and get the gun. Because if you don't have any knowledge, I can see why that would be necessary. We're, mm-hmm. If you're Jake, you know, who seems like he's been around guns his whole entire life, you know, is obviously very well versed, has all, you know, several guns and stuff like that's his own deal. You know, he... I feel comfortable that if he was to go and have to renew his concealed pistol license, whatever, I'd, I feel comfortable with him doing that and buying a pistol oh, and yeah. going home and everything's going to be just fine, you know? So, I <clears throat> I posted a picture of my concealed pistol license with some of the information taken off because I was happy to, to be taking advantage of my Second Amendment right to have mm-hmm. be a part of now like this, not... Not a club in a way that it's, you know, whatever, but there's people who are choosing to do that and I'm a part of this group now. You know, that that makes me happy. I know other people who have that and I have now that in relation to them. That made me happy. You're like and, a Jeep owner now. And it's people that and I and I tag those people in the picture, you know, like one of our family friend John, my cousin Riley. There are people who I knew would be jazzed to hear that I had done that. And oh yeah, dude. It's like other a thing. people. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people. There were some people who said, Oh, you know, you should like maybe keep that to yourself. You know, maybe you shouldn't be talking about that. Which mm-hmm. I understand but i felt jake put it in a, the best way when he said i don't think that you're living the type of lifestyle where your enemies don't need to know that you're packing like yeah. i don't think that that's really <laughs> the lifestyle that you're leading and i agree with that you know yeah. that i'm not actively concerned about that but i totally understand the concern right yeah so i could i could, I could understand it yes so especially because it usually comes out of a a a place of 
in the true sense of the word, ignorance of what yes. we're dealing with here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a bad thing for somebody to own a gun. No. It really, it really isn't. And you should assume that the person that owns that gun has the legal right to own that gun and is themselves trained enough to to carry it in yes. a responsible way. So uh, Morgan is in the comments here and said that she said that she has to take a class to learn how to serve food and alcohol. So she can't yep. believe that you don't have to take a class to to have a gun, right? I absolutely understand that. I think that that's like a legitimate point. But at that point, when you're talking about practical implications, you're getting into like rights. You know what I'm saying? And talking yeah, about I think like it's guns, a, like it's so, you know it's what I'm not saying? a right to serve food to people. That's, right. As dumb so as like, that might sound, that's yeah. when you get down to it, that's the fact of the matter that it's not a right to serve food and alcohol to people, but it's it's a right mm-hmm. to own a firearm as we exist in America today. Um, yeah. So, And I've, I mean, just to touch real quick yeah, on no, the absolutely. fact that there's, there's a class requirement coming up soon. Like, I'm curious to see if my, my hunter safety class that I – I have and have currently up to date certified and all yeah. that stuff. That's exactly essentially the same exact thing, except for all of your shooting and all your, you know, your safety precautions mm-hmm. and all that. Other than just the gun itself, you're also concentrating on like safe hunting practices and right. certain local right. laws and stuff. So I'm wondering if those two can kind of carry over to be one in the same. Um, I wonder. And I know that when we went, because the day that we got our concealed pistol license in the mail, we went, um, <clears throat> We went and we bought pistols, right? So Jordan and I both bought one. And when we were there, they have flyers there. They are there are classes available for I sixteen thirty nine certification for you, like a class specifically that will fit for the new law that is about to go into effect next month. Like there's one that's like, if you take this, this is legitimate. Then you can go and you can buy the shit that you want. You know. Mm-hmm. So they have class specifically there. Like I said, I I don't have to. Conf- Shitty as it sounds, I don't need to worry about that because of when I got my CPL. But there are there. They're advertising for it already for if you're going to do this. I have I think that I very, very well may take one so that it's there. If I, I don't know if I'm going to have to in the future, you know, or anything like that. So I've, and I don't think that there's any harm in it at all, you know, to learn. More extra, training is never a bad thing. <clears throat> never a bad thing at all. Right. So I kind of think of it similarly to your driver's license, you know, as yes. asinine as it might seem to go take the pathetic excuse for a driving exam that we have, just because you've been driving around, say, on your parents' property or something like that, and your parents are teaching you to drive, and you're the most proficient driver in the world, you still have to go in and get the license. Right. You could be the most certified, you know, gun owner around, but not have taken that class and checked that box and got your little certification. But if that's the direction we feel like you want to go, I don't see the harm in that. Right. You're not it's not preventing you from getting a gun. It's just now saying like, hey, you need a you need to get your driver's license before you can start. You need driving. to make sure there's at least this level of safety that yeah. goes along with this, right? So so I heard from someone else in the comments more than it was my father in law, right? Mm-hmm. Who is was a military serviceman for twenty nine years, right? So he and he's several tours he has, obviously you know, a lot of experience with firearms in a f- very practical use, right? So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> so his personal opinion on it was that, he, you know, he doesn't know that people should have firearms in their homes because he's seen a lot of things happen with accidents and with suicides. And I think that's totally legitimate because there is an inordinate amount of veterans that commit suicide every day because yeah. of PTSD, you know? So that, I think that's a totally legitimate point of view. One of the things that he said was there's three ways to die. For, I don't want to mischaracterize it, but I, so I'm paraphrasing slightly, but there's three ways to die for a firearm and it's homicide, suicide, and an accident, right? 
which I think is that's probably that's fair, right? Yeah. But he said so. There's a 33 percent chance that you're going to use it correctly. I don't think that that's the case. It I don't think that that's over. a fair statistic at all because that's only taking it. That's that is assuming that all of those people have no training at all, don't know how to use it safely, don't know anything because that's that there's just as large of a chance that I'm to commit suicide as I am to commit homicide as I am to accidentally shoot somebody. And that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? No, that's, those, those don't, those, those numbers are, don't carry over whatsoever. <laughs> that's, there is not an equal chance. I'm not 33% as likely to do any of those. That's not the case. No. Right. Especially when you take into account, you look at the actual numbers, there are different sections of the community that are more likely to commit suicides, that are more likely to commit homicide. Middle-aged white males are the most likely to commit homicide or to commit suicide with a firearm. Yes. Right. And it's like, it's like young black males in the urban city that are most likely to commit homicide with a firearm, right? It's and I don't, I'm not, I don't want to. Which doesn't even that's, like that. It it doesn't. It's yeah. A, by taking that statistic, huge, you realize it's probably the just gun numbers. in that aspect may not be the root of the problem, right? So I understand the concern, but I don't think that it's a fair characterization of most people's appreciation for a weapon, right? Because I know that the first time that I shot a gun, I was in Florida with my Uncle Jeff, and he took me down to the, to the firing range, and he was like, this is what we're going to do. He sat down, and the first thing he said, he said, okay, so you need to know that you should always assume that a firearm is loaded, even always. if it's a revolver and and the chamber is open, and you can see that there's no rounds in it. You should assume that there is a round in there. You should assume that it, that it is loaded. He said, you should never... Point the gun at anything you don't want to destroy or kill. Because this is, that is what this is. This firearm is capable of killing someone at any point in time. You know what I'm saying? And it has to be phrased and, and put to, to a new user in that type of way. You know, I don't feel like saying just this is really dangerous is even like harsh enough. You need to be very clear. This, this is capable of killing somebody at any point in time if you are not careful. That's like the gravity of the situation needs to be understood to be appreciated. You know what Definitely. I'm saying? And if it's not being put in that way to to anybody, then they're not going to appreciate it in that way, right? So he also talked about how much more likely children are to die when there's a firearm in their home. Mm -hmm. And I, again, don't. I understand the statistic, but it does not take into account how many of those parents told the kid about the gun, who've trained them with the gun, who've explained it to them. It, none of that. It doesn't explain any of those things. That's the problem with people, man, is and people are not – they're not a good study subject. Right. Because every single person is completely, totally different. So, you have an endless amount of variables when taking a rough epidemiology type <clears throat> study like that. And if I, not that you would ever do this, right? But if we both have children in our home, if, if 10 years from now you have a kid and I, I have my kid, right? And I'm keeping my pistols, all of my guns in my home in I-69 regulated safety, right? That they all have individual gun locks. They're all locked away so that no one can, can get access to them. And you have a loaded gun sitting around in your house. Your child is, in fact, far more likely to be killed by that gun than mine is. Yeah, far more. That statistic does not take that into account. Nope. So to say that my child is 11 times as however much more likely to die because there's a firearm in my home, I feel is 
not offensive, but again, a gross mischaracterization of the reality of the general firearm, not even the general, of, of my existence as a firearm owner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I understand that just by having it in the house, yes, my son is more likely to die from a firearm because it's there. The possibility is there. Yes. But if they are all locked up, all with gun locks, through the chambers, through through everything, right? And all of the keys are with me and with my wife. I don't understand how he's going to get access to be able to use those guns. You know what I'm saying? If you're a good, responsible gun owner, they can't. And Unless and, they club you to right. death, steal your keys, and then boom. Right. And which my, is a whole other set of problems. We have another person in the, in the comments, uh, Zach, that's talking about – they're not talking about the statistics of not having to use it at all, right? So – which I totally agree. I have the written down here that the CDC statistic on lives saved – from defensive use of a firearm starts minimum half a million, maximum three and a half, right? Minimum five, minimum half a million, because those are the people that report that I, I have a firearm and it saved my life. Mm. Maximum three and a half, because it doesn't take into account the people who just have to brandish their firearm and never have to use it and don't report it. There's a lot of people who, if they just have to take it out and don't have to use it, oh, yeah. the person who's trying to attack them moves on and they move on, they're not going to call the cops. They're going to be like, I'm happy that I have this. That's why I have my CPL. That's why I have my concealed carry permit. That's why I have this. I'm happy that I had this today. Yep. Right? I also don't think it takes into account because my father-in-law has it, didn't ask us why we got it. Right? So mm-hmm. just to put it out there, whether or not I've talked about it on the podcast before, I know that we're running a little bit long, but I feel like this is <laughs> good. Right? We got our concealed carry permits because when my wife was – Eight months pregnant. I was super duper sick and we were supposed to go to a birthday party, right? For my brother-in-law. And I, I may have said brother-in-law, but it's my father-in-law that had quoted these statistics and that he was uncomfortable, right? So I just wanted, cause I don't know mm-hmm. if it's, but we were going to a birthday party for my brother-in-law and I was super sick. So I had to stay home and Jordan went by herself, right? On her way home, she stopped in the Land Rover to get gas and someone tried to get into her car when she was there getting gas. She's by herself at the gas station, super pregnant, not going to be able to defend herself, right? She comes home crying, all kinds of mess. The first thing she says, this happened to me. I want a gun. I want a firearm. I want to get my concealed carry permit. I want a gun. I said, absolutely. That makes sense to me because it's not that I never considered that. It was not an active reality in my life that that was possible, right? She said, all I can think about is what if Dax was in the car? What if my son is in the car and someone is trying to steal my car with my son in it? You know what Shit I'm saying? Shit happens, man. What, what are we supposed to do? So I was talking to Kyle at work because I told him about it. He, he was asking me about it. He asked me the same, he didn't ask me the same thing, but he asked me because like I said, we've not had, I've not had this discussion with my father-in-law. He asked me to talk about it on the show today. So that's why I'm explaining it now. So you can see this. You can understand why we have it. You can understand that I'm not even carrying it with me because I haven't taken it to the range yet. I want to be safe with it. I don't want to carry it with me until I am extremely comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's, I don't have it with me, even though I have my concealed carry permit. I'm 100% legal. I could have my pistol in my car loaded with 15 rounds of fucking hollow point ammunition to ready to use at any time. You could be strapped have, right now. And I have and chosen okay. not to because I want to make sure that I'm safe. I want to make sure that I'm responsible. Do you know what I'm saying? Hell, hell yeah. So to hear that even insinuated is so frustrating to me. It's so fucking frustrating, right? And so when Kyle asked me about it, and he, not Kyle, but to hear that we're maybe not being safe, you know, it's so frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. And then to be clear, he did, he texted us afterwards and apologized for saying that, you know, this is just my personal opinion. I, you know, I know that you guys are smart, blah, 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 right? But I'm telling you the, the way that it was taken, right? And I'm not trying to call you on the internet, but I, I'm talking about it because you asked me to talk about it, right? So when Kyle asked me about it, I told him, I said, and I got it, right? Not only because Jordan was doing it, I, why, why shouldn't I, right? So because, 
if Jordan and I are together, she's far less likely to carry her gun because we are together. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, and if I'm in a situation, part of Jordan's thing was, she said, I'm not scary. I'm not intimidating. You know, she, that's how she feels about herself. I think that's the difference. She's a, she's a small woman that she, a large man could take and do whatever the fuck he wanted. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I told Kyle, I said, and I feel like if I'm with Jordan and I'm with my baby and someone is going to try and do something, I'm large enough that it's because they feel confident enough that they can do it. Right. And I yeah. said, I would rather not. Or scarier, desperate enough. Right. I would rather not have to take the chance that I'm willing, that I'm able to physically overpower this person. I would rather not have to worry about it. I would rather be able to, to draw my concealed carry weapon and say, I don't want to do this. Oh, and no. I don't think you want to do this. I think that if you walk away, then we can leave and everything is fine. Everything you know, is cool, I would, bro. Just I would rather away. have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And I'm sure everyone's like, oh, that's a fucking talking point. That's fucking whatever, you know? But I just... There's a reason it's a talking point because it's pretty straightforward. And that's that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I am in a place where, you know, even even though the statistics, the numbers for mass shootings have changed, you know, the people are so concerned they're happening all the time. There's... Totally, there was a public worker like two weeks ago in West Virginia that walked into his office after he got fired and fucking shot a bunch of people. You know what I'm saying? So... That shit happens. It's possible. And if I'm at work, I'm not going to have it in the back of my pants when I'm at work, but it'll be in my truck, you yeah. know? And I would rather be in a situation where if something like that happens, I'm able to try and do something instead of having to sit in the corner and hope that I don't fucking die that day. You know what I'm saying? I would I rather do, be I able know. to do, even try and do something, you know? I Rather I, than have to hope that I'm not going to die. Exactly. And I think... I'm just having to I'm I'm stepping back now and I'm remembering <laughs> over a year ago when we were first starting to have these discussions yeah. over the fucking cutting table and looking at where you're at now today and it is a very interesting evolution. <clears throat> and it so, is all I mean it's an evolution towards to that, a say like a more if you want to throw the stereotypical label on it, like a more pro Second Amendment <clears throat> type of person, right? Yeah. But you have had legitimate reasons for your thought and how how you've changed to this this line of thinking. You have heavily burdened yourself with the huge burden of responsibility that comes with being a gun ownership, and you obviously do not take it lightly. And not at all. I mean, all. you've and you've now lived through you know via your wife Mm -hmm. you've lived through an experience where this you've been through a situation now where it would have been better for you to have one than not yes and now you're thinking about well what if this happens what if that happens there's endless possibilities where all of a sudden now i am powerless to protect myself because the lack of the tools necessary to my to protect myself right and we only know, you know, there's the number like 357 million or something like that. That's how many guns are in America. Like, but that's registered yeah. guns by owners. We don't know how many people are carrying guns on the streets that are, that are, there was the guy who fucking stole 98 guns from the, yep. from the store on Gorse that are all already gone. There's still you 70 plus on the streets Just right now out somewhere. Yep. You know, if I run into one of those people, I would rather be in a better situation and be equal with that dude than be at a severe disadvantage. fucking Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it's one thing if you're like a trained martial <clears throat> artist who can, who knows that you can, you have the training necessary and the experience necessary to take somebody, an opponent, you know, a hostile opponent down if you needed to. Yeah. But without that kind of training, 
a gun is a completely reasonable option. And I told Jordan, like, when we were still waiting for the CPOs in the mail, I said, I think I might look into, like, like a tactical style training course just to take, you know, like a one day, whatever. That's just more of like in a, a real life situation. This is what, you know, what you would do. I said, and that seems reasonable to me because that's, I have a concealed carry permit. Like that's what I'm doing. That's why I have it, you know, is for in an everyday situation for me to be more prepared like that, you know? I'll, so, I'll call my boy Keanu Reeves and hook you up with his guy. <laughs> I, I saw that video. I saw that John Wick video. I Dude, did. he's so, but those like, no bullshit aside, those tactical training courses, Yes, they have some some real technical training that you're going to you're going to come out of the other end a better gun owner, you're mm-hmm. going to, you know, a better handler of your weapon and all that. But they they also have the side effect of being incredibly fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've sure done a that lot of combat case. training courses yeah. and oh god, they are fun. Yeah. They teach you a whole new skill set <laughs> that you didn't even know that you might actually need one day because right. it's one thing to stand there on a range draw down on a target and you know take your time and aim and all this it's another to be like okay you have to sprint 10 yards ahead get behind this you know take a prone position take two shots from this way to take two shots from your offhand you know it's awesome right it is so much fun and it's in a controlled safe environment so there's just right yeah so i think it's something that i'm going to look into you know just as a like i said i'm it's not Mm -hmm. something i'm actively concerned but i think that it with same thing with the with the just the standard safety course that i I would have to take if i waited another two months you know i don't i think that there's nothing wrong with taking that course with getting more knowledge you know what i'm saying when i got when i got the pistol i sat and read the fucking book that came with it like, That's you know healthy. what I'm saying? Because I'm like, this is a brand new thing to me. I know I've never owned this before. You know, I have a revolver, like I've had that, but I, d- I didn't have this pistol, you know, yeah. and it's brand new, came with the booklet. Like, I, w- I would like to know about it. I'd like to know how it works. I'd like to know all this shit, you know, if it jams. Hell is there yeah. a special way that I should deal with this as opposed to another one, you know? There is. So, and there's multiple types of jams, and right. you need to know how to clear them individually, and it's different for every gun. Right. So, and I, you know, and I understand that that is not going to be the case for everybody who purchases a firearm, yeah. you know, but I, I, all I can do is speak for myself mm-hmm. and speak for my wife because I know that we purchased them together. I know how she feels. I know how I feel about it. And, you know, that's what I did when I purchased the pistol. That's, I, I know that they both came with trigger locks. They both came with gun locks. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? That's like, we also, you know, I'm, I have a little cabinet in my, dresser that i'm gonna i'm gonna put a lock on because that's it's a better like just a good place for them to be kept at you know so i'm gonna get a nice fucking lock on there we have a lock box itself that has the revolver and that's up there you know that we had kept before that i didn't carry around with me because i it was just for my house you know it's my grandpa's fucking old service revolver you know so i'm gonna get you one of these days once we become big and famous and we have all this money to throw around i'm gonna buy you a nice like what do you call it? those like touchpad ones the that you like ones? Beak, 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 beak. yeah with the yeah. fingers ooh those things are sweet i've seen that before i'm like man i want one of those <clears throat> but yeah, yeah man no good on you man i'm super proud of you yes yeah, i think so, it's awesome i feel hella lazy right now because i don't but that's you're good right. bro you're good um and i just right now i'm worried I just, about buying a giant ass long rifle that's going to kill a fucking elk and that's more where you're at you know <laughs> yeah. um and that's that's more my back burner concern uh but my first one was was the concealed carry was the pistols for us to both you know we found ones that we felt comfortable with that i've realized after purchasing that like 
the gun community is so much more particular than I knew before. You oh, know, yeah. People's opinions about what you should and shouldn't carry are, like, so strong. And when I bought this particular gun, I looked it up, and people were like, you should never fucking carry that. Like, that's, it's fucking, that's not right. I would never do that. It's not, you know, it's unnecessary. It's too big. It's too whatever, you know? And then they're like, oh, well, I also, you know, I'm fucking... Five nine and like 160 pounds. I'm like, well, <laughs> and there's a little bit of a difference in the body type here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, but that's that's a deal for it. But I I didn't realize I knew that they were particular, but I didn't realize exactly how particular. And oh yeah, how like hard headed some people are in that community. Oh yeah, so, some people are man. But just but like I, any community of anything, man. Yes, there's there's large swaths of very different opinions within yeah. that that group. It's one of the reasons why it drives me so nuts when people just say, you know. The gun owner, there's two sides to the debate. It's like there's the gun owner side, there's the Second Amendment side, and then there's the gun control side. It's like that's and there's just it's not true. That's I mean, not you real. can you can speak to that. You said you knew me, you know, you've known me for several years now. And when you we know? first met, there's not that I would never have owned a firearm, but I would never have generally considered getting my concealed care from anything like that, you know. No. And I, I wouldn't have been having this conversation with you the same way three years ago you know <laughs> so it's not so funny to it's think not about. black and white like that you no. know and thank you morgan she said uh so this is why i appreciate you as a gun owner because you go the extra mile to educate yourself so i appreciate that i do i do uh, because that's that's really what i'm getting at here oh yeah you know, is that it wasn't a decision that we made on a whim it wasn't something that we were like oh well we can do it so let's just do it you know because i'm 24 i could have i could again and i could have gone and got it three years ago and i didn't you yeah. know, it's not a it's, decision that should be taken lightly because, no. like and we talked about earlier, yeah. the the burden of responsibility is not a light burden to bear. Right. For the lifetime that you own and possess that firearm, you're responsible for its outcome. Yeah. Regardless of what happens to it, if it gets stolen, you need to report that it was stolen because that is still your gun now right. somewhere else in the world. And if it, and if it is used in a crime. You can be held liable, especially yeah. with this new law that just came into effect. But um, we talked about that yeah. many, many weeks ago. Many moons. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's about good on the pre-show today. And that's enough. That was for a more, healthy pre-show. It's enough for my rant. I hope that that was good for everybody. I want to thank everyone again for joining us. I really, I appreciate everyone for listening. Appreciate here, here. your activity here in the comments. I love hearing from you guys. Keep doing it. Keep sending us topics. Tell us what you think. You know, keep sharing it. Thank you, everybody, again, on PodCoin, on Apple Podcasts, and everybody for listening. You guys have been helping us so much this week. It's been so sick. Um, again, our personal social media is I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and Alpaca underscore Donovan, Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And he is at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. You can find us at our Facebook at Salt of the Streets, our YouTube at Salt of the Streets. We have SoundCloud at Salt of the Streets. But you can find it anywhere that you get a podcast. All of our information is on our website at saltofthestreets.com. <laughs> Thank you again. Um, this was an excellent pre-show. It was great. Thank you, everybody. Look out for the new episode on Monday. It's going to be fantastic. Peace. Peace out, guys.